Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Joining us today on Film School Radio is writer-director Maggie Contreras. Her directorial debut film, documentary film called Maestra is premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival, and it is the story of five incredible women from around the world who are boldly breaking glass ceilings in the male-dominated world of orchestral conducting. These women gather in Paris for the La Maestra, the only competition in the world for female conductors, to show the world the singular talent that unites them and for which, for far too long, has been considered the pursuit of only men. It's an honor to have on the program someone I've known for many years, but the first time coming on the program as a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker, and this wonderful documentary maestra, and that would be Maggie Contreras. Maggie, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks, Mike. As I mentioned to you before we got started, I love this format. I love the spelling bee documentary kind of format where we get into the lives of the people in the film, not only as competitors, but also outside of that, in their family life, what motivates them? Well, let's talk a little bit about what brought you to this particular project. Well, I heard about the first iteration of the competition. It's a new competition. So the first the first year was in 2020. They managed to pull it off during the pandemic. And I heard about it on NPR. They were doing a story and reached out to the Paris Philharmonic and other organizations involved and started that process of convincing the French that an American should be allowed to tell this story and it's going to be okay. <laughs> and and a first-time director at that. And then, yeah, nine, nine months later, we were, we were in Paris filming. And then it was following, choosing who to follow and COVID dictated some of that, budget dictated some of that. So we had a limited palette to work with, but I'm 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 a true believer that no matter who you train your lens on, there's going to be an interesting story to tell. Well, I imagine in an enterprise like this, as I was describing, there we focus on five women as they move through the competition. And what was the most difficult aspect of sort of marshalling your resources to in order to tell the stories of these five women? One of my favorite parts of uh, this being my 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 first film as a as a helming as a director was that there was a deadline. The competition was going to happen with or without us. So there was definitely this ticking time bomb. We had to reach the competition. It's either we were going to be there or we weren't. So we followed the subjects that we chose to follow. Speaking about resources, those came at different points during production and we didn't always know whether we were going to have enough resources to follow someone else, enough resources to go back to the person we needed to go back to. That person has is doing an incredible concert in another state, another country. Do we have the resources to go there? You know, we didn't know we were going to have the resources to actually be at the competition until less than a month before the competition. So yes, first, first time directing, not first time producing, definitely had to wear the producing hat because we crewed up a 16 person crew internationally yeah. in less than a month. It was pretty incredible. 
Well, and what you're describing is is also a function, not only your experience as a producer, but also a function of trusting your instincts, which in the matter of the competition itself is also an important element in these women as they move through this competition. So you had to trust your own instincts. And you had help, and certainly you had a team, but I mean you had to you're you're the one who makes the decisions at the top there. Sure. I I was all I always felt, or at least I came in with the intention that it in a way it doesn't, it's not about the competition. It's gonna be about these women and their personal stories. I, I always had that at the core. The competition is gonna be what the competition is gonna be. We need to fall in love and uh, with these compelling stories in order for the competition to matter to us. So that was, I always kept going back to what's their struggle? What's like, what's at stake for them? What's their personal journey? Otherwise, why are we gonna care about the competition? So yes, I love competition docs too. The types of films I'm interested in making, the first question I ask is, is it entertaining? Films are supposed to be entertaining. There's fantastic films out there that I'll never make because at first and foremost, I have to think that a general audience is going to be entertained. So that's the the joy in a competition. It's already entertaining. It's a competition, but it's the sort of spoonful of sugar for the actual story, which is these five individuals and what's at stake for them as human beings. The beautiful world of conducting. It just happens to be an incredible world that we get to dive into. But I would venture to say that this competition could have been about other things. And you're still going to find these human stories that are specific to women in in any small environment like that. It just happens that this competition is a very fascinating world that we're never allowed into. And that again, another part of the film that is uh, is so compelling is just what you described. And let's take a kind of half a step back here and understand that the world of orchestral leadership, if you will, uh, is very rarefied air for women. Do you, you want to break some of that down for us, as far as sure how- the exact percentage uh, of women that have this job sort of fluctuate depending upon where you're getting that fact from, but it's never over 10%. It's as low as three. That's, <laughs> and that's You're talking about the world stage, right? The world stage with the, the orchestras that make, that represent communities, like orchestras, the world's top orchestras are representing major cities. They're representing cultures and, and who is leading that orchestra is the person that's on the poster on the side of the building. So it's represent that person isn't representing not just the orchestra, they're representing the city sometimes, oftentimes. So yes, people's the faces that you see on billboards and hanging on the sides of buildings have, yes, tended to be mostly men. So Marin Alsop, who's in our, our documentary, when she was at Boston, she was the only, she was the only woman running a major American orchestra. She left, then there were zero. Now we have Natalie in um, Atlanta. And who knows about Los Angeles? We'll yes. see. I'm very excited about that. Yes. Um, so why? Probably because when you go to the, when we're talking about classical music, generally speaking, we're talking about Western classical music. We can have a whole other conversation around the problematic word of classical 
music. So we're talking about Western classical music. Who was writing that? Well, it was white men. Who was it being funded by? Generally, people in the courts who tended to be Western white men. So throughout history, that's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. The Vienna Philharmonic didn't have a female musician until 1997. And she was a harpist. Of course she was. Of course she was. <laughs> in the world I grew up in, which is much of what you just described, classical music is considered the the heavyweight. It is it is the real music, if you want to, I mean, for a lot of people to distill down what matters in the world of what we listen to. Well, obviously it's classical music. That's the that's the heaviest of the heavy. So all of those things that you describe on top of, in my opinion, this is considered to be on the on the pantheon of music, the highest. One of the wonderful things about this competition is as we move through the process, they all seem to be interested, genuinely interested in how the other one is doing, what they bring to the table in terms of the, the style, whatever it might be. You see it play out in real time. Absolutely. I that was a surprise to me. I I I I couldn't have known that coming into a competitive environment like this that you were going to see that camaraderie, that lifting each other up. And I cannot point to another competition film where that happens organically. I can't speak for them, but they know the hurdles they've had to overcome to be there. The fact that those 14 ended up there means that there are 14 incredibly special, unique human beings. And they, that group of people, yes, their struggles have been different, but they all know that they have had to overcome very similar barriers. So would a group of men be sitting down and championing each other? I'm Look, I'm not going to answer that. I All I know is that these 14 women... And, Instead of just being competitors, they chose to unify. And there was the question of, should this be a competition? Should it be a showcase instead of a competition? But the reality is, is that competitions sell tickets. Competitions bring media. People love a competition. So if it wasn't a competition, then maybe it wouldn't get as much media attention as La Maestra the competition gets. Reminder, listener, we're speaking with Maggie Contreras. She is the director and producer of this wonderful documentary film, Maestra, that will be premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival beginning on June 9th. Their stories have continued. As I see I've got the press material, if you will. It is heartening to see where a lot of the women who we see in the film are now. But it's also important to see where they were at the time and how them sitting around the table near the end of the film, is for real. It happened the way that they were hoping it would happen after that. So Tribeca, June 9th, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy to see where you are. And and, and, I'm, and I can't imagine you're not just on top of the world because it's, it's a great film. It's a great experience. And you've met so, so many good people along the way. So uh, all, all my best to your production team, including... Neil Berkeley and uh, and um, and thank you so very much for spending some time with Maggie. Thank you, Mike. Uh, the film again is called Maestra, and we've been speaking with Maggie Contreras, the director and producer.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 